See what God wants to do in and through your life as you join us today on Abounding Grace. So exciting. God has something so wonderful in store for us as a church to walk in our spiritual giftings, not just a natural talent. There's so much more that God wants to draw out of you beyond your natural abilities and your natural talents. He actually wants to use your natural talent as an opening, a door opener into this world so your spiritual gifts can be used. This is amazing grace. got an exciting study lined up for you today on Abounding Grace. Find your place in 1 Corinthians 12, and we'll join Pastor Ed Taylor there momentarily. In this chapter, we find the manifestations of the Spirit. We're quickly discovering that knowing how the Spirit operates in our lives is critical to our spiritual growth and effectiveness. It's really thrilling when you stop to consider that God wants to work through our lives. Often what you will find with the spiritual giftings and the manifestations of the Spirit, like the illustration I just used in teaching, are often operating supernaturally natural. There's a supernatural work of the Spirit, but it's happening very naturally. In the course of teaching, I don't need to stop and say, wait, 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 I have a word of knowledge for somebody here. I would be doing that all the time if I had that kind of knowledge from the Lord, but He doesn't let me know. Very rarely. Sometimes at the end of the service, though, or as I'm teaching, the Lord will just drop something into my mind, and I'll share it. I have a word from the Lord. I have a, I have a verse. God has impressed something upon my heart. But most often, it's simply natural. As I'm living out my life for Jesus, yielding myself to him, he uses me. He uses you. It's supernaturally natural when a brother comes alongside another brother, helping them navigate through a difficult time in his life. That's supernatural, but it's also natural. You just care about a brother. You want to come alongside of him. When you have a heart to help somebody that's hurting and you just come alongside, how can I pray? That's that's a supernatural work, but it's happening very natural because you care about somebody. You want to pray for them. God is using you. you. You might be going around greeting, huh? You'll start saying hi to people and you'll, hey, how you doing? But the Lord just drops in it. You know what? Don't leave this person. They need more attention than just walking by. And you, you obey that. Like, yeah, I, I know I need it. But this person needs my, my, my full attention. I, I'm going to sit down with them. We might even have to walk out into the foyer while the worship starts so that we can be able to minister because we, God dropped in something in our heart and we just stop everything we're doing to be obedient to the Lord. It's supernatural. God does that, but it's so natural in how you yield yourself to him. We'll see all this unfold in the coming weeks as we study each of the manifestations individually. You open the word with someone. It's a natural thing to do. God uses it supernaturally. You lay hands on someone to pray, and as you're praying, God shares with you exactly what's going on in that person's life. You begin to pray, and you go, whoa, that was a natural thing. I just wanted to pray for you, but now I got this supernatural thing. And God is using you very naturally in the supernatural realm. It doesn't have to be some weird thing. 
That's the first really misconception of the Holy Spirit. It just, oh, I get into the Holy Spirit, it's just going to be weird, man. Well, if you're weird, I guess it will be weird, but the Holy Spirit's not weird. He's a gentleman. He loves to use us, but not to embarrass us. A lot of you are afraid of the manifestation. Well, it'll just embarrass you. What if the Holy Spirit comes upon me at King Supers, man? And there I am with my loaf of bread. He's going to just tell me to yell to the, everybody, Jesus is the bread of life. Just like here, my loaf. <laughs> Probably not going to happen. <laughs> However, what may happen is, is that bread in your hand. You needed bread. It's in your hand. The Holy Spirit says, you see that bread? And you go, yeah, I see that bread. Well, you remember Jesus is the bread of life? He's the nourisher. He's the, yeah, I remember that. Well, the checker, the person that's there going to ring you out right now, they need to hear that. Uh So I don't need to get up on some soapbox and yell to the whole store? No. But it may be that just simple thing. You're just getting a thing of bread and and you chose that line. you, You know, you always choose the wrong line, right? Or is that just me? I always choose the line. I'm looking around, checking it out. What's the shortest one? And I rush over to the shortest one, and the paper runs out. Or there's a price check. But have you ever wondered that that's the place that God wanted you, the paper to run out, the price check, the time, so he could give you some time as you're thinking it through to prepare you to minister the gospel to that very person because you've got a loaf of bread on your arm and that's all you needed. You needed to rush out, but the self-checkout was all broken and you got to get in line and that's the one, that's the time. The Spirit of God is not weird, friends. The Spirit of God is powerful in your life. The person in the work of the Holy Spirit is unpredictable, Jesus said. Jesus looked and as he was teaching, he shared how the Spirit of God is like the wind. You don't know where the wind's coming from, where it's going, but you know it's there. The Holy Spirit, you know he's there. You may not be able to predict it. That's part of the problem with the Holy Spirit with many of you. You want to predict it all. I will be used by the Holy Spirit when I want to be used by the Holy Spirit. That's true, actually. We're going to learn that the spirit of the prophets subject to the prophets. You, you don't want to be used by the Lord? He won't use you. You want to cop an attitude about the spiritual gifts? Well, then God will just pass you by to someone that says, use me, use me, use me. Someone that's been faithful with the little things. Supernaturally natural is wonderful. Those who are exercising their spiritual gifts, those that are finding their role in the body will see and find a ministry open to them. It'll happen. You begin to see the work of the Spirit. You'll see that there is... Well, turn over to Ephesians 4 for a moment. Let me show you some of the insights of these roles within the church. Those that are exercising their Romans 12 giftings, there are seven of them, will start to walk through some of the roles and find a ministry open to them. Let me just... While you're turning to Ephesians 4, let me read to you the spiritual gifts in Romans chapter 12. It says, having then gifts differing, this is Romans 12, 6, according to the grace that's given to us, let us use them. Prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Ministry, let us use it in our ministering. Teaches, in teaching. Exhort, in exhortation. He who gives, with liberality. He who leads, with diligence. He who shows mercy, with cheerfulness. Those are the seven gifts. So those of you that are stepping out 
in your gifts, you're going to find a ministry. Notice Ephesians. Let me get there with you. Chapter 4. So exciting. God has something so wonderful in store for us as a church to walk in our spiritual giftings, not just a natural talent. There's so much more that God wants to draw out of you beyond your natural abilities and your natural talents. He actually wants to use your natural talent as an opening, a door opener into this world so your spiritual gifts can be used. Too often what I find is believers just lean back on their natural talents. They kind of hide behind their natural talents instead of stepping out on fi- in faith, letting God use them in ways that they can never they can never imagine. I've been sharing my testimony recently this week. I, today was the second time I was sharing it, almost the whole thing. And inevitably, as I'm sharing my testimony, not only I greatly uh, rejoice in what God has done in my life and how he's rescued me and saved me and saved my marriage and, and gave me more children and everything about my life, it's unbelievable. But the thing that really blows my mind is that if you would have asked me some years ago, you know, you would have said, you know, Ed, I think I got a word from the Lord. You're going to pastor a church in Aurora, Colorado. I would have laughed you out the door. What are you talking, pastor? What do you mean? I, that's, I don't see that happening at all. If you would have asked me when I was an unbeliever, then I would have probably picked you up and thrown you out the door like, pastor, and I'm going to read a Bible the rest of my life? I'm going to, well, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what you're going to do, Ed. And think of some of the things that have been happening in your life where you're just, your attitude is like, what? Never. Go ahead and say never. I dare you. I dare you. Some of you have written things off right now. It'll never happen. All right. We'll just have to watch that happen, huh? We'll just have to watch that unfold. Often the word never is turned around to say, you know what? I want to do this in your life. Just like it is with salvation, what we often find is people that are fighting the hardest against the gospel are the closest. Battling Saul of Tarsus is a great, great example of that. And those within the body of Jesus Christ that are often fighting against that place of ministry are the closest to that place of ministry. God's just working some of the kinks out in your life, revealing a little bit of your pride, a little bit of your resistance, a little bit of your self-will, a little bit of your self-right. Whatever he needs to show you, he'll show you, all right, that you and I might be a vessel fit for honor and glory As you're exercising your Romans 12 gifts, you'll find a ministry open to you. You'll see it begin to happen. He lists the ministries in Ephesians 4, and he himself, this is verse 11, gave some to be apostles. Some of you will walk into apostleship. Now be careful. This isn't apostles with a capital A. Not to take the title upon yourself and to rule over people and you will now look to me as the apostle just like Mark or just like Matthew, just like, that's not. This word literally refers to someone that's sent. That's what the word means, an apostle, someone that's sent. You might be one that's sent out. We just prayed for a group of people that would be sent out on a short-term trip. We looked at the last two weekends of how we are on mission with Jesus, and there is a ministry of being sent out that may be you. Or some prophets. Again, often misunderstood. It's not, thus saith the Lord, you're going to start to grow a long beard and wear a robe and walk around, you know, weirding people out. Thus saith the Lord. Like Ezekiel or Jeremiah, there's a general sense here. Prophets are ones, and you'll see this in 1 Corinthians, the gift of prophecy as it flows is a person that God uses to speak words of 
edification, words of exhortation, and words of comfort. If you find that following your life, you may have a prophetic gift of speaking forth the word of God. Powerful stuff. You may not have even looked at yourself like that. You go, well, you know, that's just how I've always been. I've always been very friendly and people... No, you have always been marked by God to walk in this calling and this spiritual gift and this spiritual place. It's not just some natural thing that you've always been a friendly person. It's God created your personality friendly that would fit your gifting. It's just incredible how all the pieces work together in the spirit. Maybe it's not prophecy. Maybe it's evangelist. You are so natural in helping someone else understand the word. Whether it's unbelievers understanding their need for salvation, the brokenness of their sin, how it's crushed their life and separated them from God, that the sin in your life, if you don't know Jesus, nailed Jesus to a cross. Your sin did and mine. He went to the cross to die for your sins and mine. You may find yourself walking in the realm of evangelists, not just sharing the gospel with the lost. See, when you start to share the gospel with the lost about how you and I are sinners and we're in need of salvation, that even tonight, if you repent of your sins and call upon the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says he'll save you, just like he saved me and many other people around us. Some of you walk in that realm. That's just the, you, you are natural evangelists supernaturally. God's using you that way. Or some pastors and teachers. I always share, if you're interested in getting involved in ministry here, I always share that one of the necessities, it doesn't matter what you're doing here. It doesn't matter if you'll be sharing from the pulpit or counseling or helping with the kiddos or out in the parking lot or helping usher or clean up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what is done in connection with our congregation. It is of necessity that you have a pastor's heart. Non-negotiable. If you don't have a pastor's heart, then you're going to miss the people. And if you miss the people, I don't know why you're serving in a church. The church is the people. You don't need to be a pastor to have a pastor's heart. It's not a male thing or a female thing or a position or a title thing. It is a person thing. And you can pray for a pastor's heart. Let's just say you start to examine your life right now. You go ahead. Number one, I'm not ready to serve here. Number two, I don't like people. Okay. (laughs) I understand. You can begin tonight to pray for a pastor's heart. And God, I believe, will answer that prayer. Beginning to pray through the Psalms, Psalm 23. You want to know what a pastor looks like? Psalm 23. You want to know how a pastor prays? John chapter 17. You want to see the elements of a good shepherd? Then read through the gospel of John and follow the life of Jesus that his heart becomes your heart. If you don't have a pastor's heart, you're not going to make it very long here. Most of the time, people are greatly hurt in churches because the people serving don't have pastor's hearts. It's one of the things that I wish I could just control. I wish you could walk into my office and I can issue you pastor's heart number 75. Give it back when when you leave or whatever. But I can't do that. Truly, if God would move you on from this congregation, I would want you to take the pastor's heart with you to serve somewhere else, to give yourself wholly over to 
honoring Jesus Christ and taking care of the very people that he died for. If Jesus died for the people that are gathered together in congregation and in fellowship, people that are wanting to hear the gospel, then how much more should we live for them and serve them and take the lower place? The Spirit of God is not weird or scary. He uses you in various roles of ministries with your spiritual gifts. The Spirit of God is moving all the time, bringing out the actions and activities that are needed for Jesus to be glorified in our lives. Whether it's the seven motivational gifts in Romans 12, moving through the nine spiritual manifestations in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. By the way, if you want to look at back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and in Ephesians 4, all these positions, these roles, are for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for edification of the body. You look at these nine manifestations that come alongside you as you exercise your gifts, here they are. It says in verse 7, the manifestation of the spirits, back in 1 Corinthians 12, is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts, and emphasize the plurality of that, gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. There are nine manifestations mentioned here. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miracles, prophecy, the discerning of spirits, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And we'll look at each one of them individually. And Ephesians chapter 4, those are the gifted roles or the ministries. And in verse 11, it's very important to see. It's one and the same spirit working all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. That's why when you might be teaching or sharing some, somebody comes to you with a problem and you open the word of God and, and you're like, give me a word of wisdom, give me a word of wisdom. The spirit may or, not, may or may not give you a word of wisdom because he gives as he wills. I wish we could just call upon it. I just pull out my word of wisdom right here. You walking in the spirit, it may not be God's will for you to have a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. It may be God's will that this person's into your life right now. Because here's, here's a problem. It's a whole different Bible study altogether. But here's a problem. You can just throw it out there for you. Those of you that have taken, and have taken that responsibility, because it is, to help one another in their life. You might call it counseling. It's more discipleship. There's not counseling here. We have spiritual discipleship. We want to help you grow in the things of God. That's our desire. So, so that's what you want to do, whether it's something formal or it's something where you, you're just helping somebody at work. Here's a mistake that you got to avoid, and that is you think it's your responsibility to fix the situation before you say amen. Okay, I know what it is. This is it. This is it. Okay, here's, here's two prayers. Take them and call me in the morning. And so that's how we pray. God, give me a word of wisdom. Give me a word of knowledge. Because I want to get, get this person fixed. I go on to the next one. I go on to the next one. I go on to the next one. Guard against that because the Spirit of God may or may not give you a word of wisdom. He may want you ministering to this person for years. Because you're the perfect one to come alongside of them, helping them grow. Or watching them, unfortunately, backslide. 
Isn't that a heartbreaking experience to watch somebody backslide? They know better. We were arm in arm serving the Lord. I've seen that in my own life. We were arm in arm, yoking together, fighting the good fight. And their life is just a mess right now. It's not a lack of knowledge either. It's not a lack of understanding the word. It's, I don't know what it is. I wish I did. And my heart goes out to them. And I'm with them to the long haul. I'm with them. They, they know how to get a hold of me. I see them on the street. I'll ask them how their walk with the Lord is doing. Hey, man, I haven't seen you around. It's been eight years. I haven't seen you in eight years. How you doing? Oh, wow, so and so and such and such. I'm like, bro, it would be really good to see you again. It'd be really good. A lot of times I misunderstood. Well, you just want me to come back to church? No, I just want you to live as you're a part of the church, man. That's what I want in your life. I want you to bear fruit again. I want to see you out sharing the gospel. I want to see you responsible. I I want to see your life matter in the kingdom again. I don't want to see you living for the world. It's not a matter of what church you're going to. It's a matter of you walking with the Lord. That's the key. Is your relationship tight with Jesus? Because if your relationship's tight with Jesus, all those other things are going to be taken care of. And as you're discipling people in the word and helping them, don't be so concerned about fixing them. Be very concerned about taking them to Jesus. He'll take care of them. I know it feels difficult sometimes. It happens to me all the time that there'll be a weight of burden placed before me and my answer is, man, I don't know how this, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what God's going to do, but I, let's seek him together. I'm like, wait a minute, Ed. You're the pastor. You should know everything. No, I, I don't know everything, but I know Jesus who knows everything. And he'll take care of us. He'll help us. But if you're entering into all these discipleship relationships like Mr. or Mrs. Fix-It, you're going to be very frustrated, and they're going to be very frustrated, and you're going to miss the supernatural, natural working of the Holy Spirit, which is what you really want. If God desires, if he wills, the Spirit wills to give you that word of wisdom, you'll get it. If the Spirit wills for you to have that word of knowledge or that prophetic word to speak into their life, edification, exhortation, then you'll get it. But know that it's as he wills. It's the Spirit that distributes these gifts. We can't say, if it's the Spirit that gives, then we can't say, hey, wait a minute, why aren't I a teacher? Well, because God didn't give you that gifting. That's all. You have another gifting that's just as valuable in the body, just as important. Sometimes the question is asked, well, what, what, is, what gift is perfect for me? What, why Later on, Paul will say, earnestly desire the best gifts. And well, what's the best gifts? I'll tell you, the best gift is the perfect and best gift for you. It, it, there's not a hierarchy of giftings. The pastor teacher is no more important than the person gifted with mercy. Or the pastor teacher is no more important than someone that is gifted in the realm of leading. That's an important point as we draw our time together to a close. No one gift is more important than any other. You're listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. If you joined us late or would just like to hear this message again, turn to calvaryco.church, or you can listen through our app, too. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. If you take a brief moment to write or call, that would make our day. 
let us know the station you're listening to, and if today's study was a blessing to your life, we'd also love to pray for you. You can email us through the website at calvaryco.church. Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. And when you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of Christopher Yuan's book, Holy Sexuality and the Gospel. This book will help you better understand sexuality in light of God's grand story and come to realize that holy sexuality is actually good news for all. Your generosity helps us provide the teaching of God's Word on stations all across the nation. We're constantly hearing from listeners that have been helped and are growing by God's abounding grace. Thank you for standing with us. Call 877-30-GRACE or visit calvaryco.church. And we hope you'll visit us sometime soon here at Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora. We have a Saturday evening service at 6 and two services on Sunday morning at 845 and 1045. You can also join us Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Get more information or watch our services online at calvaryco.church. Then be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from 1 Corinthians. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 